Over these um, past few days, we have been um, gradually expanding the meditation instructions. We began on the first morning uh, primarily emphasizing the body, the sense of the whole body sitting, and uh, the sense of the body breathing in and breathing out in the sitting meditation. And uh, gradually expanding to include uh, other sensations in the body when they become predominant. Uh, Breathing with strong sensations of various kinds. Uh, We expanded the instructions to include emotions and moods. Um, So as we sit breathing being, when a a strong state or mood or emotion arises, we learned how to uh, welcome it in awareness, to breathe with it, feel it in the body. Uh, We also included uh, yesterday more explicitly thinking, uh, the thinking process itself as an object uh, of awareness. So when thoughts are present, uh, watching them, listening to them, uh, appearing just like anything else in the the field of experience. Um, This morning we want to kind of mention and include another uh, aspect or dimension of experience. Um, Anushka spoke uh, the other day about our tendency to grasp onto experience and to push other experiences away. And this, uh, and also the tendency to decide when a meditation is uh, good or bad, or when we're doing well or not well, based on whether uh, the Experience is, is, feels good or not. It's a very deeply conditioned tendency. So today we want to point to uh, another core teaching of uh, the Buddha, which has to do with um, what's called Vedana, or feeling tone. Uh, feeling tone is uh, a flavor in the mind that arises at every moment of sense contact. Every moment that we see something, hear something, smell something, taste something, touch something, or think something, there's a a feeling tone that arises. That feeling tone is either uh, pleasant, it is unpleasant, or it's neither pleasant or unpleasant. You can uh, notice the throbbing in the knee might be slightly unpleasant. You can notice the a uh, feeling of calm might be uh, a little pleasant. Taste of the uh, couscous might be pleasant or unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of experience is uh, not particularly pleasant or unpleasant, neutral. So the, this is a important dimension of experience because it is this feeling tone that we are um, reacting to so much of the time. Our habitual responses to experience often hinge on the feeling tone. When something is unpleasant, we tend to automatically, almost unconsciously, try to push it away or get away from it, get rid of it. 
and often unconsciously label it as bad. And when something is pleasant, even slightly pleasant, we tend to kind of try to hold on to it or get more of it, to cling to it. Again, this is something that's like unconscious much of the time. And we tend to unconsciously also label it as good or relate to it as good. This is partly how we make good and bad. I referenced that the other day. Making good and bad out of pleasant or unpleasant. So this is something that um, you can pay attention to in your day and in your meditation. Just noticing the pleasant quality of a particular arising experience. And you don't have to do anything with it, just to notice, oh, it's pleasant. And to just be with it without moving toward the next thing, which is grasping or holding. Yeah. And of course, if grasping or holding happen, then you can just notice that, oh, wow, it's pleasant. And then this automatic, yeah, so then we're present with clinging or grasping. This practice is uh, endlessly forgiving because whatever you're aware of is great. Yeah. So if, it's, if you notice some sensation in the body, maybe notice the unpleasantness of it and just breathe with that. That can give you a little space before the automatic rejection happens. And then you can also notice where the automatic pushing away. And you can also notice if there's a tendency to and of label it as negative. Hmm? With <clears throat> experience that's neither pleasant nor unpleasant in our ordinary lives, we tend to dismiss it. It doesn't register. That's another habitual response. Not particularly pleasant or unpleasant, space out. And this is why we miss a lot of our life. Because we actually don't know how to connect with things that aren't like super pleasant or super unpleasant. But here, we are learning how to connect with each moment just as it is. And so this domain of light, all of this life that we usually pass over, it can start to come alive when we're not doing the habitual. Yeah. So as you're, as you're sitting, don't make a project out of this uh, thing like... You don't have to search for pleasant or unpleasant or label every arising at every sense door. <laughs> it will get very complicated if you do that. But just, just in a very soft way, just think, see if you can include, oh, sometimes noticing what the stronger experiences, you know, because some things are slightly pleasant, slightly unpleasant. Don't worry about parsing all of that. Just with kind of strong experience. See if you can notice the unpleasant quality in the mind. That pleasant or unpleasant is not located in the object. It is located in the mind. This is kind of important. Yeah, the pleasant or unpleasant is happening inside of your mind. It's not in the object. That doesn't mean you can change the pleasant or unpleasant. Just good to know, oh, pleasant, oh, unpleasant. We can talk more later about how, you know, the whole cycle of uh, birth and death, the whole cycle of becoming hinges on this subtle, very subtle and yet extremely powerful domain of Vedana feeling tone. So much of what we're reacting to and reacting out of is this. So we're learning how to stay and be present with the pleasant and the unpleasant equally, with the neither pleasant nor unpleasant equally. Then we don't have to keep running away from and running towards. We don't have to keep that cycle going, chasing and running away. Okay? So uh, let's sit with this. We could. I could talk for hours about Vedana, but that, let's have that be enough for now.
So sensing the whole body sitting. And relaxing in the body, in the face, in the jaw. Letting go in the chest and the belly. Softening in the back, letting your shoulders hang. Feeling the breath uh, moving naturally in the body, which is to say, just letting the body breathe. The body is already breathing. And receiving the waves. Just exactly as they are. Letting each breath be enough, be perfect as it is, perfectly as it is. Without an idea of a next breath or a next moment, without hanging on to past moments, just this. Letting this stable breathing body be kind of a, this primary domain of presence and attention. While letting whatever else is appearing in the field of awareness just happen by itself. In the background, And sounds and sensations, and feelings, emotions, states. Thoughts. All free to come and go on their own. Letting. Everything take its natural course. When some experience other than breath or body takes center stage, just attending, welcoming whatever comes, feeling, watching. Receiving. Breathing with. And watching it move, change, increase or decrease. Watching one experience be replaced by another and another.
And occasionally when there's some kind of compelling experience or strong sensation or intense image or story, see if you can notice if there's some palpable feeling tone with it, pleasantness or unpleasantness, and just including this. without trying to get or get rid of anything. Not making good and bad. but honoring each arising, letting each arising express itself exactly as it is. Whether it's pleasant or unpleasant or neither. And returning to the breath, to the body, anytime you feel lost or confused or overwhelmed.
There's no need to look for something that is not happening now. The whole curriculum appears before you, right here, inside of you, right here. No need to search for anything else. Can you meet this moment and what is arising in it, just as it is, without making it good or bad?
Uh, we have we have time this morning for uh, a few questions, um, but before that, just want to say in the everything that we're cultivating and practicing in the sitting meditation, uh, we've been expanding those instructions. Uh, the same goes for the walking. So, uh, if you're if as you're walking, uh, you know, in the beginning we're noticing when we get caught up in thinking. Maybe stop for a moment, notice what's appearing, coming back. Similarly, if you're walking and you have a strong emotion arise or some mood that's flavoring all of your experience, you can stop and be present with that state. If you're feeling restless, you can just stop for a moment and be present with that feeling of restlessness or so all of that territory is happening in the walking as well. Again, you don't need to go looking for anything, but as you're stepping, if something comes up like that, please include it, just as you do in the sitting. And similarly, if that has some thinking component to it, you can also watch your thoughts, watch the scenes appear in the mind. Listen to the words when they're uh, playing in the background, yeah? Okay, you don't have to, if they're just happening in the background, you can just let them happen, but when they're foreground, include them. Yeah, so you can stop and remember doing that, just walk in on retreat, just walking inside and getting to the end of the lane and just staring at the wall and just watching the mind for a little bit and turning. So all this territory uh, you can include. You might even notice sometimes a moment of, you know, some thought arise, and you might notice the pleasantness in it, and how enticing that makes it to kind of go down the trail. So there, you could notice also pleasant and unpleasant. So I just want to remind us all that we are not just practicing this kind of expanded in this expanded way in the sitting. Okay. Um, any questions this morning? Uh, particularly if you don't have a group today, but Craig, yeah. I want to ask about novelty. Novelty? Great question. So the question was about novelty seeking. And uh, he was commenting that in the walking, he will, and in other things, notice himself trying to do it slightly differently uh, in order to make it more engaging for attention. Uh, and there was some aspect of what you said about, since we're doing the same thing over and over again, uh, doing it differently to kind of uh, it's, I think it's a great question. Um, I think it's fair to say that for most of us, we are good novelty seekers. You know, we tend to be engaged in the new and the novel. And that's why we're always chasing it. So while you're here, I would encourage you actually to do exactly the opposite. Because what we want you to notice, to start to notice as you pay attention to what seems repetitive, gradually what you will notice is that it's not. Part of the reason we're always looking for novelty is because we don't know how to connect with our attention to just to experience. When attention and part of the reason we seek novelty is so that we can connect. So what we're asking you to do is bring a quality of interest or investigation in this kind of way of like exploring to ordinary experience, very mundane experience. That's why we choose the breathing as a primary object. We could choose something much more compelling. The breathing is chosen because it's not that interesting to people. 
So what we're learning how to do is how to bring a new quality of attending to what we usually don't know how to connect with. And what we... What happens as we bring that kind of quality of attention again and again is attention starts to learn how to connect with experience that's not quote-unquote interesting. So the learning there is, a, is in the how we attend. Yeah. It's like a skill that starts to develop this capacity to connect with attention to anything, to a sound, to the f- sensations in the feet. What's so wonderful about this is that little by little, as attention is learning to connect, life starts to come alive. It's already alive, but we don't know how to access its living vividness. And learning this is very valuable because then we don't have to seek novelty new experience. We can be really experienced junkies, kind of always seeking experience. Whether it's meditative experience or a worldly experience, whatever it is. So that's, so I would encourage you to do the opposite. Don't try to walk in some interesting way. (laughs) Yeah. So are you you differentiating between adding something different to it versus noticing the difference? Yes. Yeah. So it is actually different in each moment. Yeah. So that's, yeah, not adding something. Not, is that what you were speaking to? Or? It started out as adding, and then I realized that I didn't have to add so much because I was noticing it. Okay. Wonderful. So the learning was happening automatically. But if I get bored, then I add something. But if you, <laughs> yeah. So, so awesome. So this is what's so great about practice, is that the learning comes out. So, so now I would invite you to, when you get bored... One of two things. Either see if you can bring a little more interest to some phenomena, like a little more investigation or curiosity, or observe boredom as a state and get interested in the state of boredom. Because boredom is a state, and you can get interested in it. And that's also undermined. Just like we can watch the mind fall asleep, and that undermines this duality between sleeping and waking, Similarly, we can be very interested in boredom, which undermines this thing of like, oh, it's one or the other. So great, yeah. So uh, we always, we, we, we lose touch with the reality that this has never happened before. This is always true. We have never been here before in this moment. This is new, fresh, and we this step. Yeah? So we're not, it's not repetitive. But we don't feel that because, of the, because our attention is not engaged with the actual. It's engaged usually with the conceptual, which says, breathing, done that before. You, seen you before. <laughs> Me, I know who that is. <laughs> and yet, not exactly so. Thank you. Yeah, please, in the back. You said we can sneeze, we can cough, and we can weep. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, of course, yeah, you can laugh. But maybe not like, uh, you know, we, we don't want you like laughing out loud every time you have a funny thought, just because that might be... Just drag it. But yeah, you can, yeah, but you, you can laugh, sure. You know, if you're overcome by laughter, yeah. Maybe laugh quietly. Beautiful. Let it come. Absolutely. Yeah. We're just talking in the meditation hall, but oh, yeah. You know, you know. We're letting this, these energies move naturally, you know, and not inhibiting in this ordinary. So yeah, let it, yeah. Let it laugh. Uh, yeah, we could do one more. Uh, just in terms of the continuity, you talk about the, the transition phases. Yeah. Um, in, in the normal activities, we're slowing everything way down so we can actually observe. Mm-hmm. But there are moments when, you know, you might have to walk through the rain quickly and you don't really want to 
stop and observe the rain getting wet or washing dishes, how do I deal with that getting through the continuity? Do I, how do I address, you know, I'm moving quickly and I'm not really paying attention because I, I do need to do this task? Mm. Uh, it, it's, I, I, you know, there's just different levels of detail. You know, so mindfulness is not actually a speed. It's about being present with what's happening. So like if you're driving on the highway, you will not, you will not see the same things on the side of the road that you see if you're walking. But you could be mindful while driving, very mindful, but you're just not going to see the same kind of detail. You just see like it's passing, you know, you see it passing. Right? So similarly, if you're moving quickly, Notice, see if you can move quickly without being going anywhere. You know, you, it's not about, just because you're moving quickly doesn't mean you have to be rushing. Rushing is a quality, not a speed. Because you can be rushing and be stuck in traffic. You're actually not moving at all, and you're still rushing. <laughs> so that's something that you can play with. And similarly in doing the dishes, yeah, if you, we, we don't want you doing them super slowly because that will <laughs> interfere with the operations of Spirit Rock. Uh, but just find a natural awareness that just includes a general sense of the body, you know, so it doesn't have to be super detailed. And then sometimes it's useful to slow down and feel that kind of micro level. Yeah? But awareness is, is not a speed. Mindfulness is not a speed. That's very important. So the continuity is about an appropriate level for this, whatever the activity is. Wonderful. So this morning, uh, some of you have groups. Uh, please check the board. Also, please, there are still a few notes up there for uh, folks, so please just take a look at the board to the right of the door that ha- is where the schedule is, uh, just to see. Um, uh, and here we are. So I hope you have a, uh, a day full of uh, uh, conditioned phenomena arising and uh, vivid wakefulness meeting all of it and uh, pleasant and the unpleasant equally. I'm sure that your day will be full of that. And um, letting go of the concept of a day and just being here with this. The day is is a construct. It doesn't exist anywhere. It's just, this is what we have now. Okay? Always that same reminder. Alrighty. Uh, enjoy.